0: nine works radio is your dedicated porsche and car podcast taking you closer than ever
1: to the world's finest sports cars and the culture and history behind them nine works radio is brought to you by nineworks.co.uk the innovative online platform for porsche enthusiasts nine works radio is presented by porsche
0: journalist lee sibley and 993 owner and engineer, Andy Brooks, with special input from friends and experts around the industry, as well as you, our valued listeners. Enjoy the episode.
1: Hello, listeners. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another stellar episode of Nine Works Radio. Good to be back. It is indeed. Andy, how are you doing, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good. Yeah, very well, thank you. We have a cracker in store for you yet again. We're going to be chatting a little bit later on to Kyle Fortune, um, a journalist hack extraordinaire <laughs> who's been over at uh, the Los Angeles Auto Show to look at the GT4 RS. So we'll get his take on that. But before that, we have managed to uh, bring Chris Wright from independent porsche specialist right tune in oxfordshire down to the south coast for the evening dragged him down
2: yeah all the way down
1: all, all the way down,
2: down. <laughs> yeah <Here>. hi guys
1: <laughs> thank you so much mate for joining us this evening we are so chuffed and uh, we do need to point out that you have just done a day's work and then uh jumped in the van and drove two hours down here just to be with us here on Nine Watch Radio for the evening and answering the public's questions. So thank you for that. We do appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. That's all right. It's my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm on the hot seat. Yeah, where well, you are you're exactly that for the, for the next it's forty-five minutes. <laughs> we're, um,
1: I think everybody's going to be learning something here this evening. We're going to be learning a little bit about Right Tune, which is an independent specialist, uh, as I say, based out of Oxfordshire, Wallingford. Um, I'm a bit of a Right Tune fanboy. It has to be said. I'll kind of come clean now and say that um, you guys are very kindly looked after. My nine nine six. Little Irish, aka Trigger's Broom, these days for the last, I don't know, what's that, two, three years now?
2: Yeah, it's been a f- few years now, yeah. I can't remember. I think you came down initially just to sort of check us out um, when we're doing a bit of work with T911, wasn't it? I think and then it was. we just started chatting sort of you come, fall in love yeah
1: it was wasn't it <laughs> i'll serve a good difficult. cup
2: of tea and it went from there <laughs> couldn't get him to leave and <laughs>
1: uh
2: yeah, no we just sort of started chatting and we're similar age aren't we and we just got on and just went from there really and then i think you just realize that we're just uh you know an old-fashioned workshop we just want to do good work and um you know i think it just sort of went from there really what i like about you guys
1: is when I turn up, I'm not paying for a flashy latte lounge or anything like that. But, you know, sometimes you go to th- these setups, you go, OK, yeah, it's all very well and good. But, you know, you might be getting a free coffee up front, but I'm sure it would be represented elsewhere later on when you are me the bill. Whereas you guys, your expertise is the cars. It's a specialism. You've been around for years. And what I most like about you guys as well is you like to fix things, i.e., ah, oh, it's knackered, it needs a new part, that's it let's bolt a new part on you guys will actually problem solve and fix things which i quite like a car's only original once and then if it does need replacing then we go down the route of replacing i quite like that
2: yeah no well we'll always have uh you know the conversation with uh, the client um what's best to do for the car what the options are you know you don't often always as well want to fix it if you know in six weeks later it's going to be dead again i mean you know there's there's no point in doing that then it's a you know false economy we'll do that we'll do the best thing we'll have a discussion there can be a you know choice of parts um but yeah there's sometimes preservation restoration or just you know replacement it's just it it depends on on the goal and what we're doing um yeah i'd say that's a fair analogy of what we're doing
1: yeah i think so and again you guys are like super up front so I think second or third time I think we'd had a service or something minor and I said to you actually well look can we just have a look at the car on the ramp my 996 and just go through kind of its general uh bill of health you know and see yeah. what needs doing and when and, and again like I mean I've had a um an independent like uh health check on the 996 at a Porsche dealership before this was on an old 996 and it was an amber um, on the amber list that uh, my pcm unit needed replacing because the sim card the actual tray the spring in it had broken okay and it was um you know you know it's you know it should replace sooner rather than later whereas you know you guys by complete contrast you go through things and, and chris and there's mike and joe and tony's the the, the full setup there day-to-day i think now um you guys were yeah. brilliant like, well, you know, yeah, that needs doing, but, you know, maybe just something to monitor over the next year. It's not any big rush. And again, I quite like that. There's a real kind of honesty and transparency to what you guys do. So I found favour with it.
2: Good. Yeah. No, well, we d- we often get a lot of uh, calls like what you said um, from maybe cars being somewhere else, like maybe at the dealer or something. And the people are, are worried because they've got this massive uh, bill that maybe they need to, they think they're going to have to pay. And then also similarly, the other end of the spectrum where they've been told the car's absolutely fine and it's not, it could be a a dangerous or just something's about to fail and it's going to be unreliable for them. You know, I just can't be bothered with, you know, putting the wool over people's eyes to try and earn as much money as possible. I'd rather show the client what's wrong with the car. We can give you a list and itemize it and show you the problem and then it's up to you to make your mind up I'm yeah. not going to I I don't see how you can be any more fair than that I mean I want to do the best work possible pride pride. we pride our business in doing really good engineering and good work but at the end of the day it's, it's down to the client you're not going to come in and oh you've changed my clutch and you didn't, didn't ask me permission you, yeah. you know, yeah, it's yeah. kind of rubbish I can't I'm not that old, but I'm too old to deal with any aggravation with, with any <laughs> yeah. of this kind of rubbish that you hear going on elsewhere. I'd, I'd rather just, you know, get it all right. And, and everyone's got a different goal with their car. Some people may just want to keep it going and it's their daily. And, you know, so they don't care about a scratch on the panel or they want it to be absolutely mint and it needs to be perfect. And we can do that as well. You have to understand that everybody's got a different goal. And they want something different from their Porsche, and every Porsche is a different model. I think that's why we like the brand, not only like what it represents, but there is a car for every every person, really. Like As you, I think you've joked about, it's not just like the beige trouser brigade with yeah. the gold clubs now. <laughs> you know, Andy's painted his, like, rainbow. You know, he can do whatever he wants. So he's, he's happy. There's
1: room for us all in this. Yeah, there's, every,
2: there's room for everyone, 100%. you know. So that's good. And that's a good thing, I
1: think. What's um, the history of right tune? Because, yeah, you're i'd say my age
2: early 30s well thank you very much but i'm 35 yeah yeah um okay. yeah so i relatively i'd say i'm pretty new to it really i've been doing it 10 years but it's been it's really been going right tune's been going about 20 years my dad started it so all to him and he's still there uh, but previous to that he's worked in porsche and motorsport his whole life before right tuning was g-force motorsport predominantly building engines and gearboxes for gt1 gt2 gt3 935s oh, all oh, that no. kind of senior, stuff senior senior stuff yeah so like all the sort of stuff now everyone goes oh my god mm-hmm. and, and like back then it was just like i'd be at school and he'd come over like oh play gt1's <laughs> Nightmare no, <right>? <laughs> <laughs> And i just be like You know It's just normal uh, <laughs> yeah. Just stuff And now you look back And go God You know It's yeah, like it was really... If you see one now You're like Oh my god <laughs> Yeah He's you know? some
3: crazy stuff Really
2: <laughs> Yeah It used to be really funny But then also He was like Obsessive Motorbot He's really interested In engineering anyway He's got a personal bike collection. I'd be, yeah, a gay in common. Come home from school, the whole house smells like burning oil because he's <laughs> he's he's, he, in the kitchen no, table. he's put an engine in the oven. Well, how else am I going to warm up so I can get bearings in that? Your mother's overreacting. <laughs> She's overreacting. <laughs> And looking back, you're like, no, you're just mental. Think that this is normal behaviour, <laughs> but, but but and that was sort of like me growing up. So I, and then before that, he worked at lots of other places, dealerships, uh, race teams. He worked, and then the most famous thing he's done is building the DFVs for the John Wire golf cars that won Le Mans. And he was Oof. only 23 when he did that, so that oh, was wow. quite good and quite tricky as well, because those were cars that the engines were only. Not cars; those cars, they were like the Formula One engine, weren't they, at the time? And yeah. and those engines were only really going to last an hour and a bit, and then they pull them out and d- rebuild them. That to make them last twenty four hours, but also had to do qualifying practice, mm. and they had fuel restriction. I think that year in the seventies, so it was quite a quite tricky, to say the least. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> underselling it. But um, yeah, he's he's very good. He's very clever with engines. Then got involved with Porsche. Me growing up, I wanted to ride motorbikes and was interested in motocross and we went to a, a meeting and, um, and my dad was like i don't think your mum's gonna be too happy with this <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna break your legs break and your back things, and everything yeah, yeah. so we started doing karting and so i come at it from that angle of wanting to drive and then as soon as i started kind I loved it and so that's how i got into the engineering side that was like you know basically essentially a very unreliable two stroke that you had to adjust the carburetor as you're driving around the track to keep the thing going Neither it's going to blow up or oil up it's just a nightmare i expected it not to start but if it did start it probably would blow up so that was me from like nine years old trying to keep that thing going um and that's why I was, like we were saying earlier tonight like the right tune name is not always like on brand now everyone using like ren and all these kind of words for their independent specialist, but it was never meant to be like f- for this. It was just a, 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 I actually invented the name and designed the original logo when I was 11 to go on my go-kart engines that my dad was tuning at the time. And he actually used to tune the engines at Rob Walker engineering who used to up until they've um, sold just like last year, we were still using them to do all of our cylinder heads and crankshafts and comrades, rods, etc. So it's all been, my life has been involved in that from a a young age i remember going to rob walker's as a as a kid and sitting under his desk with his like labrador called percy (laughs) (laughs) that you know and then there's pictures of me in the back garden with race cars that he's brought home and now you're like that's a gt2 how many millions is that worth and you know you'd be climbing all over it as like a kid but it was just a race car then wasn't it and it probably got leveled back to the windscreen one weekend, probably had two or three fronts on it. But (laughs) you see what I mean? It's just relative. But yeah, it's kind of, I never imagined getting into it. But now that I am, I love it. I really enjoy it. I love the engineering, the cars, everything that comes with it. Um, And it's also like massively expansive of what you can do. So like if you do maybe get bored of doing suspension, you can go and work on some gearboxes or engines or... You know, it, it is a good in from a, you know, just from like a normal human point of view going to work, you're going to be doing something slightly different every day mm. and you're going to be problem solving. So it's yeah. interesting. Mm. And before that, you know, I just couldn't find a kind of career where I'd get bored because I found it very repetitive. So I really love it. Quality. How big's the team? It's just four of us and yeah. Midas the dog. Plus Midas. That's, like five. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Workshop. Dog. <laughs> Workshop dog. <laughs> Workshop dog. Yeah. Great, I, should, great I should point out that we've got a dog in the background. I hope I hope the noise is. Yeah, well, we coming. don't know if there's any like he's, snuffling. Yeah, he's sort of chonking on a little toy that he's found. He's trying to kill it, I think.
2: I think So I he's... do
3: apologize for any um, funny noises that might be going on tonight. I think uh cosmic's
1: gagging to ask Chris a technical question as the night goes on. So <laughs> yeah. I think
3: that's uh, probably where it's coming from. He's an intelligent little dog, but not Not that not that intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely quality. Little chump.
1: So I think it's fair to say uh, traditionally Right Tune's kind of core has been like the Eckholt stuff, but well, in recent years migrated more towards 996, a little bit of 997, Boxster w- as well.
2: Yeah, well, I'd say it's both. I mean, we've always got, I'd say, 50-50 in the workshop. Yeah, um, It's a small shop, so we can't have lots of project cars in there, although we do like doing big restorations and big projects and engines and all that kind of stuff. But we probably have... On average, eight cars there, four are air called and four are water called uh, Over the summer, it's got this summer it has been recently has been quite busy. So like the busiest, we've had sort of like twenty cars there, um, and then we've got a little storage facility as well, which helps us around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it is it is quite um, vast. And some people have said, "Well, why do not you specialise a little bit more?" But I do I do like as I just said on previously. I like doing, uh, you know, varied varied stuff. I wouldn't want to start going too varied. Like, we're not a body shop. We don't do paint. Mm, we don't yeah. do trim. I don't really want to get involved in that. I feel it's a specialist area that I don't know a lot about, and I, lot, I want to be excellent at what I do know. And I, if I did do that, I'd have to employ someone to do it who really knew what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm not a body guy, so. Yeah. Um, but. Um, Yeah, so we're doing anything from, yeah, like, you know, like your car basics, uh, like 996s, 997s, KNs, Panameras, McCanns, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, and and more more modern 991, 992, if they're coming in, but most of them we don't see very late cars because normally they're staying under the obviously the warranty program. But, um, yeah, anything from service uh, and just general repair, uh, to, yeah, to. Uh, and again, we'd be servicing the air-cooled cars and restoration engines uh, and mechanicals on on those cars. I mean, yeah, we seem to now have a a, a very big uh, list of air-cooled engines to do. We don't do water cooled engines yet unless it's G T three or turbo. Um, so your standard, you know, nine nine six, nine nine seven engine we we don't get involved with. Um that's well, in doing rebuilds. No, yeah, yeah, we don't we don't take apart we not with work rebuilds. with someone like Hart Tech because um, I feel for the the product they have and for the value I, we couldn't get we couldn't get close to them. So yeah. it's a no brainer for me. Um it, 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 yeah, like I said, not doing what you know, and we know air cooled engines, so we'll we'll be with that. But yeah, I wouldn't say we're. I'd say my dad's background definitely is all is all air cooled. But now we've we've got some, you know, Joe and Mike, very good technicians. They really know their stuff, especially with the later cars. So yeah, so they they they're really they're really good with that and and and, and early stuff. But then what you what you've got with obviously my my, my my father and also the contacts that he's got is that that old that old knowledge i mean yeah, there is a lot of base. yeah there's a g- lot of good information and in the early uh, manuals and stuff is are great but it's all of that knowledge and all that kind of thing i mean he has done some like consulting work for some of these companies that are sort of trying to redesign or develop things with air cord stuff and it's quite funny because he's actually you know i've been in meetings with him and they'll go, oh, we've designed this. he go, that doesn't work. And they go, but well, it should. And they go, no, no, we did that in the 80s. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so sort of, but it's like, I don't know. It's not written down anywhere, but it's in his head. So yeah. that kind of knowledge, It's we're trying to learn that as much as possible before, you know, because that's going to be lost. And I think it's important to keep all these skills, this knowledge. I and mean, he's got these little Books and things, where it's all handwritten, everything's all in there. Yeah,
3: little notes and things. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly. Uh, and it's all from trial and error. Things often in work in theory, I mean, but you've got to try and make it work. It's different things sometimes. Yeah. Well, uh, Isn't there some expression? It's like an engineer designs the car and a mechanic makes it work. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Is that not right? I've heard something like that once. <laughs> that,
1: that surely is the difference between a specialist and say so just like an, another garage it's like it does come down to um experience that gets you your specialist knowledge of a product or a subject or or whatever it is yeah and like you know the anecdote you send with your dad there you know i tried it in the 80s we well, you know there's there yeah. is value to that
2: yeah no you know? exactly yeah e- experience and and trial and error yeah i mean so when I, Especially when I was learning, you know, I'd, if I'd made a mistake, I'd absolutely beat myself up about it. And, I, well, you know, one day he pulled me to one side and said, because, he, you know, he gives me a hard time, especially being a father-son relationship. But he's like, how do you think I know all this stuff? Because I've made every single mistake you can possibly think of. And that's why I know. That's why I'm telling you not to do it like yeah, this. because, yeah. And that's, uh, you know that's how you learn isn't it often yeah you know for even in life it's not just with this it's with everything agreed absolutely agreed yeah so you've been
1: uh very brave's the wrong word noble i would say because we approached chris and said look would you guys uh at right tune fancy doing an ask the expert for us on nine works radio um and you certainly didn't shy away from it and said yep no problem fire away so we asked our patreons and uh other people so you listeners at home as well just ask for um, an array of topics or questions that they might have and obviously we passed it over to you and ask for your specialist opinion on it so it's kind of good because this episode it's not really kind of about anybody sitting around this table really it's about people at home and having their kind of questions answered so thank you first of all for doing it so Um, it's my pleasure i I think it's also worth pointing out to the folks at home as well that you've very kindly done a day's work and then left oxford and driven for two hours down here on a on a cold tuesday evening to sit with us and do this so we do really (laughs) appreciate your time we did feed him
2: yeah, no, <laughs> nice food, but yeah, sorry if I sound a bit slow, it is now, what, nine o'clock? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. <laughs> yeah. We
1: are really grateful of your time, That's and we're, all right. we're sure people at home are the same, so um, we'll dive into
3: the first of the questions, shall we, Andy? Absolutely, yeah, shall we, um, we've got a few um, sort of answer machine messages, shall we play one of those? And yeah. S- yeah.
2: See yeah, yeah, see yeah, yeah, let's go going. for it, yeah. You ready? I'm ready, I'm ready. You're ready?
3: Yeah. Okay, I shall play this.
0: Hi guys, thanks for the great shows. Question for Chris, uh, given his background working in Porsche centres, what are his views on the official extended warranty? Are there any gotchas that catch people out? Are there any things that people need to be aware of? Is it worth the money? Any exclusions that people don't think about? Um, I've got an extended warranty now and thankfully not had to use it, but I'm just thinking about coming up for renewal. Thanks.
2: Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I haven't worked in any Porsche centres, but I've only ever worked for the for the family business, which is Right Tune. But obviously, we've dealt a lot with Porsche and uh, warranty. So, yes, the the warranty is good, but from depending on what centre you deal with, some of them are very good, some of them are not so good. Uh, they can be very awkward with honouring the warranty even yeah. with extended warranty and even if you've used Porsche parts. So, you know, I mean, in theory, if you get uh, someone to fit the car with Porsche parts, um, and then then it should keep the warranty. But I've seen them throw warranty claims out because a non-Porsche battery has being fitted. or oh. Really? Yeah, and even wow. the worst one was the windscreen wipers. Oh, my God. So, you know, like engine's gone banger. It's got the wrong battery on it. Sorry no nice. yeah so yeah but then as well from the other side of it we had a McCann in earlier this uh earlier this year a few few months ago um a returning customer they they had a 996 for years and then they came back oh the only reason you haven't seen us is because we bought a McCann brand new and obviously it's been a dealer network two months out there warranty come in transfer boxes like screwed which is a fairly common problem with McCanns. And I said, Yeah, we can do it, but you know, I would just speak to them. And yeah. they and they spoke to Porsche and they said, Yeah, no, it's a known problem and they did it for nothing. Oh, wow. So okay. that's what I mean, they can yeah. be really reasonable and they can also be really awkward.
3: Yeah. yeah. So a bit of luxury
2: so then. I, yeah, I'd just be careful and if you've got the extended warranty you have to be really careful about what parts you you know you fit on the car and yeah, they. they so I, I don't know. It doesn't seem to follow any logic. No, no rule, rule. Yeah, yeah. yeah right or reason. Maybe no. quite
1: centre dependent. I suppose.
2: I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I've had positive experiences with certain centres and not so with others. I mean, but I wouldn't want to say which ones. So yeah. But, but yeah, they're they're good and they're they're bad ones. So I guess if you've, the, I guess the the moral of the story is if you've a good relationship with your dealer and they look after you, then I don't see and you have. Don't have I wouldn't see why they'd have a problem. Um but yeah, like we were saying earlier, weren't we, at dinner about um one of my clients has got a problem with his rear shock absorbers and steering rack and there's massive play in them and he's got extended warranty and he's always taken to the dealer and always spent a lot of money with them and they won't and they said, Well, because it's not completely failed, failed yeah, then yeah. they won't change it, but there's massive play and it's knocking and banging though. You wouldn't really it want to be buying very it. Wrong, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But then other times it's really helpful. So yeah, yeah. yeah depends on your luck i yeah. guess yeah, i guess so yeah and yeah. maybe i mean i'm not speaking to porsche so mm. you know maybe there's more that i don't know but that's my, that's from my perspective anyway
4: mm. yeah
2: it certainly helps when you're uh selling a car i
1: think you know of a certain age like that if it comes with like extended porsche warranty it just i think helps kind of bit of ease ease of mind for the buyer because you um you know, you, the car's not shed in order to get the warranty to begin with. The car's looked at first no, yeah. of all. It always has know, to so. be
2: top notch, doesn't it? I yeah. mean, you know, Porsche will recommend that there's a lot of work done, and yeah, no stuff like that is. Uh, you know, you're buying a good bit of kit, and also if it's got, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, dealer stamps, etc. And it, you know, they'll have probably over done it, so the car, you know, the car's mm. been really looked after.
1: Yeah, we've um, we spoke over dinner uh, briefly about the difference in uh, labour rates between porsche dealerships and and the specialist network and whatnot do you find as a specialist that some of your clientele um or customers come to you for say uh maintenance but for servicing to get a stamp in the book will go to a porsche dealer or is that kind of a bit of a myth or
2: no some people will that doesn't happen that often though but yeah there there is a obviously a, a, a you know a much reduced labour rate going to an indie. Usually, I think there's some big independent specialists that are close to the loan terms of cost. But then also, you can, you know, we can we can also offer you know good aftermarket. I wouldn't want to fit used parts unless there's no other option. But we can, we can fit. Uh, we can supply and fit aftermarket parts, which are often exactly the same as what mm. the dealer are supplying, but in a in a different, different box, box. Yeah so So you you, you could be looking yeah i mean not just us it's just you know any good indie. you'd probably be fine probably half to a third of probably the cost of what you might be going getting at the dealer yeah um and we're not putting our guys under pressure to say you know you've got to sell this many hours per week i want it done right you know there's not there's not a massive overhead as what we sort of touched on earlier so Mm. you've not Got that pressure? We're not cracking the whip with the mechanic. I'd rather it be done right. I don't want to be thinking at the weekend, yeah, is that wheel going to fall off? Because, <laughs> you know, because they've been under so much pressure to get the job done and out the door. Yeah, and out the door. Yeah. So I'd rather it be done right. Yeah.
1: No cracking. Okay. Well, thank you for that, and thank you to Simon as well. We appreciate the question.
3: Okay. Next, what should we go for? Should we? Have you got any written ones that you want to go through? Well they?
2: Yeah, these were the ones that came in. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's one from you. I know you're worried about that, so I'll leave it to the end so he yeah. sweats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, scrapyard Andy.
3: Right, shall so I read
2: so, yeah, yeah. So I read one of those out for oh, you? Yeah. yeah, you can, yeah. yeah.
3: So uh we got one from Adam Lane. Um I have a nine nine seven. C2S with eighty-nine Thousand miles on the clock. Uh, bore scope showed minor scoring when I purchased it. Um, I get occasional smoke on startup from the near side pipes. Um, I monitor oil usage as a record. Um, I use Miller's Nanotech motors- Motorsport oil, easy, f- easy for me to say, uh, which was recommended. Is there anything else that I should consider to manage bore scoring?
2: uh yeah so obviously that's a known issue with uh the 997s and some of the 996s
3: that is a great question as well, yeah it's a good it's a good yeah. question yeah it's interesting that he's, he's managing it rather than going oh shit i've got to have my engine rebuilt
2: yeah so that's what i was sort of going to say so okay everyone like panics about their cars um the, the main thing i'll be looking at Especially as you own the car, is oil consumption. Yeah. If it's not using any oil, then I wouldn't be worried. Mm. Then okay. it's the, the bores are probably not. They might be slightly scored. There's going to be wear, but yeah. But it's, it's not. not it's you not, don't need to. No, no. Because 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 the problem is, and I've had in depth. As I said, you know, we we don't we have rebuilt these engines, but we don't get involved with them at the at the moment. But we have a good relationship with tech and I've spoke, spoke to them and. And we get asked a lot to do ball scoping or ball score inspections. And it's very difficult to see what's just like normal wear and what's ball scoring. Unless it's so bad... That it's yeah. absolutely the cylinder's wrecked because, and if it is that bad, the thing will be knocking, you mm-hmm. know, like yeah. like a bastard yeah. when it comes in, and you'll be like, well, it's it's obviously it's got a problem, <laughs> and, there's <smoke> coming, <laughs> and there's smoke everywhere. Yeah. You don't need to look; you can look in the cylinder, but I mean, <laughs> yes, do you do you're with, wasting your time you and really? money. Yeah, so yeah. so I would say, first of all, yeah, look at that. I mean, we're more than happy to look down the board, but it's very difficult to see. And if it's your so so from that point of view, I would say. Uh, yeah, just just monitor your oil. Using good quality oils helpful. Um, this Miller's NanoTech everyone is uh, gives good review. We've not had any problems with it. We personally just use the mobile One. I think if you use a premium oil and regularly change it, that's probably the best thing you can do. Um, having said that, some of some of it is difficult to know why some of them suffer more problems more so than others. Mm. I think it probably doesn't help that if you get the car and then scream it's nuts off from stone cold, I think that uh, that is probably not helping. Yeah. And we think that also fitting and it's quite commonly known, you know, to fit a low temperature thermostat can, can help with these things and just try and be like kind, you know, with the car. Um, yeah. But the, 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 I think there's, what Porsche say is it a lead lit- liter to a thousand kilometers which mm. is like 600 miles is normal well that's obviously bullshit because if your engine's that's using that much yeah. oil it's obviously knackered um mm. but if it's maybe you know sometimes it might use a little bit but say it's using you know, you're putting in half a litre and every 5,000, I wouldn't be too worried. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And yeah. There, there might be, obviously there's some wear, but yeah, um, it's, it's a great question because
1: a, um, Adam is uh, proof that it's not something to be completely like put off by when you're buying a car, like these things are man- manageable. It's not like yeah. a terminal problem. Um, the other thing is, obviously, Adam's car, he says there, it's a C2S. Now, I think I've said on the pod before, um, I know independent specialists or, you know, uh, independent dealers who won't sell the 997.1 C2S, the 3.8 litre car. They'll only sell the 3.6 because they say the 3.8 is so much more prone to scoreboards yeah. over the over the Carrera with 3.6. three six, it, like is that something that you have seen, or again is that is a bit of it hyperbole? Seems like in there?
2: general consensus that that's yeah more likely, but I've seen both of them do it. So okay, I mean I know what I've said difficult because obviously you'll bear, bear in mind that if you say what I mean is if you're going to buy the car, um, but if it's got scoreboards, it tends to do it on one bank. So I'd have a look at the have a look at the tailpipes and see if one's a lot more black than the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that can give you a good indication. Obviously, if you're like unscrupulous used car salesman and you cleaned, <laughs> cleaned it really well, <laughs> yeah. then that's not going to be that helpful. But it, you know, it's, it's, another thing in your armory to check. If you turn up and one's like as black as your hat and one's like, you know, really clean, then you probably alarm bells are going yeah. off and you're really like mm. be you know, be be wary. You know? Yeah. Yeah just
1: slightly kind of feeding off of that um, digressing slightly perhaps, but still pretty useful for 996 and 997 um, high mileage cars. You've said to me before regards to oil um, that you switch oil for high mileage cars. So when a car hits six figures, do you mind just like elaborating on that? Well, for sometimes,
2: us? yeah, you just use, uh, you know, pe- people get really hung up on oil, but yeah. just use some thicker oil. Yeah. Cause obviously the, the, there's more wear um, and, you know tolerances are bigger so you've got to account for that everything's just like imagine it just all like being a lot slacker yeah you need you need you need a bit more lubrication but using using you know what 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 is um factory recommended is not going to be a problem either what i wouldn't be putting in is really cheap really cheap crap oil you know mm. like something like triple qx or something you know that you can buy i mean that's actually recycled oil so if you smell that you can actually it smells like a bit like a burnt smell and that's because it's been cleaned it's already been through like a dungeon um or just uh, yeah just really cheap stuff so like and, and it's good that meets the porsche spec or you know good quality but you know something slightly thicker so you know I think like this Miller's stuff is at like 1550 or okay. I can not remember yeah. off the top of my head but it's something like this mm. or you know we've even we've had we've had nine nine sixes in a uh, 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 noisy and we've tried uh, like 1060 things like this you know not it's not going to fix the problem but it might just help just it for it. a little bit longer manage it you're never going to fix it by you know something clever yeah. with mm. the, there's Some something that can make oil
3: <laughs> not going to fix it <laughs> or otherwise why would
2: we ever rebuild the engine i just yeah. put this special oil in it yeah you're yeah. like i've rebuilt it <laughs> 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 you know not, it's not going to happen is it? it's yeah. not magic yeah
1: yeah okay good points very good points mm. and, and cracking question adam as well so thank you for that
3: cool right on to the next one uh from gregory higgins who is also known as gt cork
0: Hello from Ireland, guys. Well, I have a first-world Porsche problem, and the topic of this podcast is absolutely perfect for me. So here it is, and I'm sorry, I'm going to ramble a bit. Uh, I have a 1998 986 2.5 Boxster called Sterling. I picked him up during the summer. He's my daily. He's a great car. He works. Nothing really wrong with him, but he's not perfect. He needs dampers, correct alloys, top mounts, bit of paint, the alarm immobiliser needs to be done. The usual stuff. I'm quite happy with them, but a few weeks ago, I was given a steer on a 1989 944 S2 that's been parked up in dry storage for the last three years. It needs to be recommissioned. and I don't know what I should do. Should I keep the Boxster as is, and buy the 944, and recommission it, and have two perfectly functioning normal Porsches? Or do I drop a load of money on the 986 Boxster. So yeah, it's a first world problem. So technically, what would you do? Financially, what would you do? Please give me advice that's causing me sleepless nights. <laughs> Love to <the> work, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Mel. Bye.
1: That, that is a quality question. Andy, can I ask you what you would do as that? Because I think there's a difference. You know, Chris yeah. is coming at this from the point of um, a technician. You and I could come at this from the point of being a consumer. Where perhaps you might get a little bit kind of carried away with like dream versus reality. Yeah. I find that mechanics tend to be realists. <laughs> yeah. So what you know? Wash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, I mean? so what you know. What's what's your kind of?
3: Um, I'd I would concentrate on one of them. Mm. Yeah. Definitely concentrate on one rather yeah. than two, because then you're just like into a world of pain, aren't you? Is my thought
1: agreed you, you think of this like utopian world where you can have a really nice transaxle car and then a boxster as well but the reality is the boxster sounds like it needs a fair bit of money sunk into it yeah um and you spend good money making that car sweet uh you won't be pining after anything else should hopefully be the yeah scenario yeah. in 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 my book but other people do kind of they do get carried away and they do take on and then you know they're managing like two cars two cars
3: uh, two lots of insurance two mat's yeah, yeah. two maintenance bills it's not yeah it's soon adds up it? yeah right. two yeah.
1: cars on axle stands because both of them have got problems and whatnot and yeah it's just a bit you've been of there it could night. be like
2: two
3: christmases <laughs> <laughs> will
1: it and this is where expensive you in, and fun yeah yeah it's a great christmas it's a great christmas for you <laughs> yeah, no, yeah
2: yeah i don't know um yeah it sounds like yeah he, he wants to spend money on the box and buy another car that potentially needs recommissioning or he could save the money on the purchase and the work on the two cars and he could sell them both and buy a 911
1: mm. uh Ooh, there we go that, uh, option c <laughs> option there.
2: but yeah I, I i yeah the thing that you've got to remember is is that with like is 944s and all porsches really they it doesn't know what it is, but they all cost the same to repair. <laughs> so I mean, the nine eight, is it nine eight six box? Or is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that represents such good value of getting, you know, someone into the car, but it will cost just as much as, you know, like your nine nine six. I mean, the front half of it is a nine nine six mm. really, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. it costs, uh, you know, just as much to, um, to repair. So you need to bear that in mind. Plus, yeah, although the nine four four that he's found may have been dry stored, sometimes the, um, the, the, the magical tale of the car that's been found is sometimes yeah. a yeah. long and disastrous one for financially.
3: Yeah. Cause everything's dried out. Isn't it? All the bushes of the suspension haven't moved for years. Yeah. What's Go that fuel been drive? doing? that has
2: been sat in yeah. there for, it might've been dry store for three years, but what's happened to the fuel system? Yeah. Oh, I've my got, God.
3: I've got a great story of a, <laughs> of an Audi Quattro estate that I bought. Um, we were doing a charity rally across Europe and, uh, this, um, it was a, an Audi 100 event and it had been used as a, uh, on a rugby p- pitch to move around rugby posts for about five years. Really? Um, so it hadn't actually been on the road. We bought it for 100 quid.
2: Oh, you know it, you're onto a winner. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Worth
3: a try, I'd say. Yeah. But sorry. Yeah, well, sorry. Well, we did drive it across Europe, but the amount of problems that we had was just unbelievable. I really can't believe that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... I mean, every bit of rubber on the car was was you know was was knackered. Yeah, um we had to. We were driving along, and you know bits of vacuum tube were hanging off and falling off. It was just. It was the whole the whole adventure of the weekend was trying to get this car to run because all the the vacuum uh, all the rubber bits were gone. So yeah, I know what you're saying about dry storing stuff or just storing stuff not being used. It's gonna.
2: It's it, be could, it, it could be it could yeah. be it might it might not be i mean an, another story of of you know this summer we uh we got a 993 rs that had been stored and we thought this is you know it's obviously such an amazing car to work on but you're like this is going to be a nightmare yeah. now it but it wasn't it wasn't that bad but
3: it'd been stored in the right conditions
2: well yeah but yeah. the fuel that was in it had turned into like i can only describe as brown glue wow and i mean and this might be interesting actually maybe some like listeners could i couldn't find a product that can clean up and those the fuel tanks are plastic Now you can get lots of uh product that cleans uh you know for the metal tanks you don't want to put anything too aggressive in there and melt, melt the plastic tank, but well, I got a load of white wine. I, I like bulk corded white wine vinegar and bicarbonate soda and basically made like, you know, a childhood bomb. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and a three PR tank it. fuel tank. But it cleaned it out. It's plastic, yeah, yeah. So it got all this gunk out of it. But then... And the rest of it was fine, like all the electrics and stuff, but the fuel line, obviously from the front to the back of the engine was full of this glue and I had a great day where my (laughs) dad put no worse than this my dad got the airline and I said I think we need to change this fuel I said nonsense we'll flush it out so you know true father and son style and I'd like to let everyone know that I'm not looking at the end of this pipe but (laughs) stood to the side of it and he's blown put the airline on it and blown all this sludge through and it's come out the end of the pipe and somehow done like a
3: almost a 180 Yui. yeah
2: all over me in my eyes in my mouth <laughs> i'm like retching and sobbing because you know it's like when you get I just, I just, all,
3: all i can see is like this brown maggot coming out at the end coming towards you. it's like yeah it
2: was yeah. Okay. i looked at it coming out and it you know you know when it's coming for you and it's in slow motion <laughs> like, and, and no matter where you move it's like it's got missile lock yeah <laughs> and it got me um but yeah, I mean that. I mean, it did take a bit longer. There was a lot various other things we had to do, brakes, etc. But really, just to get it running, we blew the, we got the tank up, clean that, clean the fuel lines through, load of fresh f- fuel, and I couldn't believe it. I thought we'd have to change the injectors, the rails. Put a load of uh, injector cleaner through and it and it, and it fired up it sounded and it ran really well. You think yeah. you think after I mean and it'd been stored for like twenty years. Wow. You'd think there'd be corrosion in the box, yeah. you think it'd be it'd be smoking and it would be on three, but yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. But then you have something that's been put away for a year and you fire it up and it's horrendous. So yeah. that's again like It's a real lottery, it, that it, is. It's a bit yeah. odd, difficult to know. Yeah. So yeah, I'll just say be careful with like nine four four. Nine eighty six, brilliant, but I do understand that I mean, they're a great car, but it's sometimes difficult to justify the cost the when, on it. when yeah. the, ultimately the value of that car is perhaps not, not so high at the moment. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, you know, 944s at one point were like 500 quid to a grand. Absolutely, Which yeah. is why yeah. a lot of them have got problems because they haven't been maintained. But now they're, they're a lot of money now, aren't they? Yeah. And yeah. quite rightly so, really. You know, they're good cars.
3: Yeah. So we reckon concentrate on one.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm probably now cause a right drama. YouTube pick. Well no, you've
1: come along and said that out of option A or B, you've gone for C <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> buying yeah. both, selling both. Yeah,
2: that's not very Buy helpful. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay.
3: Right. I think, <laughs> I think we've done that. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Don't don't spread yourself too thinly, I'd yeah, get, absolutely. get one minter.
3: Right. Uh next one. Richard Styles. Uh father of Harry Styles. don't know sorry mate uh my 84 carrera hasn't started this year after i put it away last year it does turn over but doesn't seem to spark got any ideas chris
2: so many variables yeah yeah it's quite an expansive question but yeah uh it doesn't seem to spark i i guess you've checked that there's a Spark with the, uh, you know on the plug. Uh, the one of the easiest things and most common problems would be change DME relay. Oh yeah, that's um, a big Or well, before that, you've said to us uh, off mic as well. Has it got yeah. fueling it? Oh yeah, and it, and you said you know you laugh, but the yeah. amount of times been, yeah. been, <laughs> yeah. yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. been there. Yeah, we've been there as well. And yeah, like you know three hours later, and then Paul <laughs> it, it fires up. You know, <laughs> I don't know, he's a bigger idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You go, I've sorted it. Yeah, mate. <laughs> Five pounds worth of petrol. Yeah. <laughs> and a three hour labour rate it. No, well, yeah, yeah. we out. We'd do that, <laughs> but you know, you should have checked that. But yeah, yeah, we all get caught out, don't we, at times. But mm. um Yeah, yeah, check check Yeah, you wanna check fuel, you wanna check uh check spark, spark. and see is is the fuel pump running. Um and then, yeah, I mean, get that sort of, sort of that question follows on nicely from what sort of just said earlier, but yeah, you're going to want to then think, I mean, it's all right to get it going on the old fuel, but what, how old is that? Well, it's a year old. You would assume, like, have you put any stabilizer in the fuel on an 84? You can get it on the ramp or jack it up and get, drain the tank from underneath. You won't have to take the tank out. Like that to with that 993. Yeah. Uh, then uh, well i didn't have to take it out of the 9 fairly up to clean it out um and it it could potentially be like uh you know the the pickup on 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 the flywheel uh tdc ref speed sensor but you need an oscilloscope to check that it's unlikely it's that it could be once you got it going um it's a good idea yeah obviously to put fresh fuel in it and to put a fuel filter Put some injector cleaner through it and, and run it and, and see, you know how, how it is when it all warms up. So you uh, might have some. It's just basic stuff, you know. See, see that the brakes aren't seized. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's mainly asking why it doesn't, why it won't run. So yeah, I I would start there. I'd start seeing is it's is there fuel, is there spark? Try a DME relay. Go from there. Yeah. If you get stuck, you can always give us a ring. Quite happy to you know talk you through stuff over the phone brilliant okay. fantastic
1: well yeah that's cool. a pretty comprehensive answer to an admittedly fairly vague
3: question so it's <laughs> yes, uh, quite quite could, could well it's anything. just
2: like there's lots of things it could be couldn't there? it could be anything
3: right then uh next question is from kevin severs who's out in atlanta uh he has a 1996 993 um he would like to know what the difference is between proper sorting and modification from original uh, so by this he means suspension headlights. Uh, when does a when does a car cross from tasteful upgrades to full modifications? So I think he's sort of trying to work out, you know, when are you going a bit too far when you cross the line yeah Yeah, when you cross the line
1: especially on a um, a car like that it's a classic uh, approaching 30 years old and there are some aftermarket products now that really utilize modern technology quite nicely yeah so should in theory present a better option than a factory product
2: are you going to shoot me down on that chris or no, I was just going to take the piss and say when you cross the line, and just insert a picture of Lee's car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not very nice, is it? <laughs> of course, I'm joking. <laughs> it would be funny. It? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. yeah um, fair point. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh no, I think you said it better earlier when we were in there, and a lot more eloquently than I could. Um, I, th- I think you said it, or was it? Yeah, yeah. about how. You, you can uh, somebody who's perhaps not into cars can look at it and say, well, it, it's not factory, but I can't put my finger on what's different. It's yeah, that sort of.
3: Yeah, it's that sort of mod, um, modification that's subtle in its in its uh, the way it's done, so that yeah, somebody down the walking down the street will go, that car looks bloody amazing. Why does it look amazing? They they got no idea why it looks good because it's been modified just right, mm. um, where Something that's been overdone um, would look like, yeah, Carlos fandango
2: Yeah, I, the thing is though, is like obviously I was, I was joking. Sometimes though, it's it's nice to have both. I think. Yeah, uh, and, and it's like it's annoying to to rip a car apart. I think that's you know original and in really good condition. It seems like kind of daft. Um, but then I also do like really uh, big. Wild yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. absolutely place, outrageous. It's, it's fantastic. For both, uh, yeah. yeah. And I think, why not? I mean, I mean, like, and they've been doing it for a long time as well. I mean, look at the 935. That's the most, like, biggest monstrosity you've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. But it's just epic. The, isn't the it? original? Yeah. It's epic. Yeah. But it's, and that's fantastic. And, mm. uh, and why not? Um, so yeah, go go for it. You know, it's, and uh, you know, it's fill your car. boots. It's your car. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, uh, enjoy it. You know, do do what makes you happy. We're only here once, aren't we? So yeah, yeah. I think Andy, you
1: made a good point uh, off away from the mics when you said that um if it's reversible that tends to be like a good sign of like not crossing the line basically once you do something where there's no going back then you are into the realms very much so of like modification of a full
3: mod car yeah yeah
1: you yeah. know, and very much deviating from standard spec but again you know we talked about kw's earlier um you know i can't remember what it's called now but one of one of their uh, lines for their coilovers they're, they're not bright yellow they're yeah. the you know they're a nice kind of monotone discrete color so you can uh put some kw's on your air called 911 pull it out of the sky offer um you know it's a better response and better dynamic setup than than stock but
2: kind of under the arches doesn't look garish
3: yeah not? yeah
2: you're not really gonna know they're there until you get it on a ramp anyway are you yeah so mm. I, I wouldn't see it if you did something like that and then change the, the wheels or something um is any you know, it's not that's not going to devalue the car if you're worried about that kind of thing. Mm. Whereas, if you if you cut if you cut the you know the the roof, the this what's that bloody gutter thing called? Rain gutters, yeah, the rain, rain gutters, gu, the rain gutters mm. yeah, Of you know, that's uh that's more more aggro. And actually, I was talking to someone the other day, really interesting about the uh the rain gutters. A lot of people are de seaming the cars now, and he said they're actually really not only obviously they you know, going to stiffen the car up. They're really important aerodynamic uh, because they had this car in the wind tunnel in, in the eighties and nineties. And it actually channels a lot of air down to the engine. So the engine will actually, if you cut them off, it will run hotter because it's not getting the air. And also the wings not getting fed as much air. (laughs) The air actually sits about six inches higher in the tunnel if you don't have the rain gutter on. Oh, really. Yeah. Cracking. And also weirdly at the back of an R11 the the around the spoiler area and at the lower uh rear wing area. Um the 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 airflow actually comes forwards which you'd never think. Yeah. Just, just talking was talking to an old old racing chap the other day I was actually spending back getting some RSR rockers off him that he he's had for many years but and we were talking about the. I don't know how we got into that, but it's just like you'd you would think, wouldn't you, by cutting that off, it would make you'd be looking at it and make it more aerodynamic. Mm, mm, but, yeah, but it does look cool. Uh, I, I,
1: <laughs> I do recall Tony Hatter earlier on in this series said if you take the rain guards off a of nine nine three, the, the thing will probably like fold in half.
2: Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, quite quite integral to the car. So Oh I didn't I didn't hear that a bit, but yeah, well it's obviously gonna make it stiffer. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we got onto that from whatever question that was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was yeah, sorry. Ultimate mods. Ultimate mods, yeah. yeah. Ultimate modifications. Yeah. So, yeah, I
1: hope so, that
3: helps Kevin. Yeah. Sorry, with Kev. What, with his mods to his 993.
2: Go for it, Kevin. Go for it, whatever it is. Go for
3: yeah, it. Yeah, go for it indeed. Right then. What's Lee's question? You've got a question, you, Lee. Um, and I've got a question. Go on, what's yours? Mm. What's mine? So... Yeah, I get, I get quite a nice smoke bomb out the back of my 993 when I start it up sometimes. Uh, if it's been sat like in the garage for a couple of weeks, it invariably does a smoke bomb, but not always. Um, I don't know if you remember when we went to, actually, were you there? Probably not. We went to Caffeine and Machine mm. and parked on the hill. And my car was parked at a sort of angle, you know, sort of, Inclined. one side down mm. and uh yeah i had a huge smoke bomb came out of it and then it took a while to clear um so i'm putting that down to valve stem seals chris looks very concerned yeah, yeah.
2: what's the local scrapyard called <laughs> Trents. <laughs> so the uh, n- no. Um, and what's the mileage of the engine? One hundred and forty ish. And it's had no no nope, re- not been rebuilt yet. Rebuilt nope. no. That's nope.
1: K's isn't it? It's not miles. No, no, that's miles. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: Does it use any oil? Uh, it uses a bit. Yeah. How much? Uh
3: poor half
2: a litre every few thousand miles I'd say yeah well it's 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 not I wouldn't be too worried no um, so it's probably uh, every, uh, most air called nine elevens, they need the top end between it's very vast uh, between about 80 and uh, 120,000 miles it's probably got worn rings worn valve guys and, and and like you said the, the valve stem oil seals yeah and you're probably just getting a bit of uh run like the oil because of the design of the engine it will run through yeah. and into the cylinder and then that's why when well, you're firing smithy. it up it's burning the oil yeah um it yeah i would i wouldn't be massively worried um the uh, And because I did it really bad at Cafe Machine, you probably, (laughs) was it's on one side, it's probably (laughs) run a lot more past the rings more so than normal. (laughs) I I would assume. Yeah, yeah. I could only assume. But, um, yeah. um, And did you say there's a leak around? Yeah, one of of the
3: the cylinders. So if you were to look underneath the car, it's the cylinder nearest the back of the engine on the left-hand side. Um, That has got a little bit of oil seep around it, around that cylinder.
2: Yeah, it's most likely uh, there's an O-ring on the on the bottom of the the, the barrel where it seats on the crankcase. Okay. And, it, and it's that they, they cause problems. They, they introduced them on a 9, 964. Uh, a lot of things that Porsche did to try and limit uh, oil leaks actually seem to make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and that's probably that. I mean, I, until you really need to, it's becoming a real major problem where it springs a really bad oil leak, I would probably... Hold off. I mean, if it's, it's it looks pretty clean and tidy in the engine bay. Is there a lot of oil on the garage floor? From no, from, no, from, I no. get
3: a tiny drop yeah, I, now I, and again dogs licked it all up now anyway. co- co- yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean if
2: you want it perfect obviously it'll have to come apart but yeah. in terms of cost versus benefit ratio I, for now I'd keep using it and enjoy yeah. the car
3: so yeah I've, uh, there's no no need to start having a panic about it that's I what I'm just, feeling it's... you're
2: you're you're good because you're monitoring it obviously if yeah. you're the sort of person it's not going to check his oil level and it's going to burn it all and then it's going to lunch itself yeah. then then that's <laughs> yeah. no good but you're obviously fastidious and check check the oils so you, yeah you, you're, you're doing it you'll be fine but it, sure. it it's only going to wear more, but yeah. yeah,
3: I'm sort of thinking that I need to sort of do a, be looking at a rebuild in a year or so's time is what I'm sort of looking at. I think I'm yeah. planning on, I think.
2: Okay. Yeah. Good luck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> him in, him yeah.
2: in. <laughs> so so fa- fancy some throttle bodies. <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs>
3: yes absolutely
1: does well, that that must happen like a fair bit surely so somebody comes in like nine oh three, nine six four, three two to be fair like rebuild yeah and then it's kind of you know well,
2: what, what, what have you got what can you do yeah well it's, it's sky's the limit but it's obviously cost is, yeah. is a lot and like with the 911 engine it, it's, it's difficult for me because i've only ever worked on them mm. but i think it does cost a lot to do a bit yeah, in terms of power, power increase. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's things that you can do. Like, for example, if the cylinders have got problems anyway, go go bigger. I yeah. mean, that's a lot of people just want to keep it standard, but you can increase them. I mean, if you really want to go for it, go 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 bonkers. We're doing a nine six four engine at the moment, and like you know, it's crank, it's cylinders, it's pistons, it's throttle bodies, it's the inlet, it's we're changing, the, you know, the camshaft the lockers. Putting light, lightened, um, you know, uh, val all the val- valve gear and it was all lightened and yeah. you know going berserk with it. But for know, what three hundred horsepower? Wow, well, yeah, it's a work in progress. So, mm. but it's going to yeah. cost an awful, awful yeah. lot. Yeah. I think it'll be a lot more than three hundred pa- horsepower. I hope so. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, 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 the the cost it goes up a lot. I mean, mm. you, just for putting throttle bodies on, you're going to be looking at sort of 10 grand. Wow. Well,
3: okay. Um, Maybe not in, in the budget. Then. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you could sell your dog. <laughs> oh, oh, poor little man. We could do a trade. He's nice. Can not do that. <laughs> yeah. I
3: could do a trade for you. couldn't I? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. That's great. That's, um, that sort of le- Yeah. Was my sort of thinking is that, Make sure I monitor it, but don't don't go full-on panic.
2: Mm. Yeah, monitor it. If it's drink, Yeah, drinking the oil, or if it's like, you know, literally... Start, it might just suddenly let go, and there'll be a lot of oil going everywhere, but I I doubt it somehow. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it'll probably just stay consistent. Um, yeah, just to see. You've keep beating to, it. Keep, keep an eye on it, and keep driving it. Yeah. Cracking. Good. You've got a question, Lee. Do you want to read it, Lee? Yeah, I
1: can. Yeah, go on then. So, yeah, this really good-looking chap has uh, (laughs) written in. um, Same name. He says, uh, how do you clear out 996 and or 997 drain holes? Um, And why must we do it as well? Everybody says to do it, but why? And the reason I asked this, like half knowing the answer anyway, but I got in my car the other day and I thought, it just smells in here of like smelly gym kit. Not nice. driven the car in like a week, 10 days. We'd had a bit of rain. And again, from previous experience, uh, felt the um, underside of the 996's door cards on both sides, and they were sodden. Oh, for, yeah. Oh, for crying out loud. And I've already had the door membranes replaced on mine twice, actually. Once at yours, once somewhere else before that. So I'm damn sure I don't need new door membranes. But then, obviously, there's these drain holes on the 996 that people kind of forget about i feel we we clear out the leaves from the front of the rads once a year and and whatnot and clear all the detritus out from there but maybe forget about the drain holes
2: yeah well if the well first of all the bottom of the door cards are wet i would have thought it. unfortunately it will be a problem with the with the membrane so maybe that's a warranty (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but um i'm sure it's nothing to do with how it's fitted i'm sure it's the the part component failure um (laughs) but yeah that is odd but we can have a look that's no problem um but yeah the the the, the main issues is, is as well as is the drains and then what you particularly want to be concerned about on well, i don't know uh, actually slightly i need to uh, caught myself there but on a left-hand drive car i'm not sure if it's in a different position but on on certainly on the right-hand drive car the on a the alarm control unit on a 996 is on uh, just under the passenger seat, and then the um, rear control unit on 997 is is in the same place. They they realized that they'd put the alarm control unit in the wrong place and moved it higher up only to put another control unit. <laughs> 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 the same logic. The lowest point on the car um, when it fills up with water. So if the drains get blocked, then typically, and it rains a lot, you have deluge. It, it fills the carpet with water and you often when you realise it's getting damp, it's too late. Like what you said, it smells like a, a damp or dirty gym bag or you're getting condensation or it just smells funny. And the reason you don't realise is because the carpet underneath the carpet is so unbelievably thick, dense foam, which is for sound deadening, but also is just this amazing sponge material that can absorb so much water and It's unbelievable how much you can get out of them. And and, and it will just... That will hold the water in there, and then unfortunately, it will, the water will get into the control units, and, and then it, it damages them. Obviously, you know, water, electricity, and corrosion doesn't work, doesn't, and and it can cause an awful lot of problems as well with the car, with alarm control units, and things like the windows going up and down, alarm going off. Usually, obviously, at three o'clock in the morning. No,
1: but I have had that. Yeah, of we course spoke you before. have. It's like your car being possessed. Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Laura gave us a nudge one night. Unfortunately, not for what I was open for, but she said <laughs> she said I think. There's something going on with your car outside. So I've gone to the landing, opened the window, poked my head out. And the windows just like jumping up and down, basically. Like
2: <laughs> passenger side just going clunk, 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 clunk. Did you not think it was like, you know, like Herbie, like the car, it's <laughs> finally come <laughs> alive. It's talking <laughs> to me. Yeah, yeah. I oh, knew if I loved it hard. enough, it's <laughs> it would talk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, yeah, shit. I remember mentioning to you about it and you're like, Oh yeah, oh yeah, we've seen that before and it's just that they act like they're possessed, basically. Yeah. Alarms well, going uh, off uh, for no reason.
2: Yeah, sometimes they uh we've had it with the convertibles and they try and open and break a load of the mechanism. And Mm. often it's usually just, it doesn't do too much damage in terms of mechanical damage. It, It can do, but it's usually just irritating. And also the control units are not cheap. And then you've got to get the carpet out, which is a one piece uh, thing you've got. We can, we can cut it though and get is, you know, the passenger You don't want it in either side, but you really don't want it in the side where the control unit is. Um, and you can take it out in half and then dry it out. We typically like wet vac it and then hang it up or you can put it in a really hot room, but this is not an easy thing to dry out. It's nah, really nah. Uh, wet. Now in terms of, we've covered we don't we don't want water in the car we don't want to want water in the car anyway do we no but how do we stop it so the drains they're in the front uh basically the easiest way of explaining it is either side of the battery tray uh there's sort of two holes either side there's a lot of loom um and things in the way they're a bit awkward to get to mm-hmm. but you pull the covers off on a 996 you've got um and boxer equivalents and also uh forwards. Um but there's a there's a there's a nine nine seven you can just pull the trim cover off easily. Uh nine nine six is a little torque screw and pull them off. And in there's usually a couple of uh, drains that are usually full of like <laughs> I don't know, like seeds M- and moss and detritus. things, uh, so, and and yeah, you want to you want to get a vacuum on there and Hoover that out, and also check then that it is not blocked further down. And when you pour water through that, that it is running out the bottom of the car yeah. cleanly, and then also there's sunroof drains. Targets, we've had a big problem with the target this year, that they with it leaking, and also the drains and they're blocked, and also the the cabriolet. Um, there's a there's a drain in the rear sort of quarter difficult to explain through this medium of the podcast <laughs> without showing you but there is in that that rear quarter area there is a there is a drain hole and you want to look again to make sure that, that that's that's what is running through there well and and also there is an exit hole on the f- rear wheel arch but towards the front so take take the take the plastic cover off and and often you'll find that Well, in this country, anyway, uh, it's a lot of silt and mud has built up and can be blocking. You just want to keep these things clean. It's something you can do easily at home and it can stop a lot of uh, unnecessary expense. I mean, yeah. taking the car up out of your car is not quick and it's not a pleasant job for anyone mm-hmm. you've done it yourself haven't yeah you? it, was, it was horrendous but, yeah. and I left it outside in the
1: garden in the height of summer and it still took about 45 working days to dry. and yeah <laughs> so that's what I mean it's and horrendous. no one
2: can believe how difficult it is it's yeah. like you know when they design a product that seems to it does a better job for something else that it's not designed for so like you know that's like so good at absorbing water that yeah. that weird yeah. sound deadening foam it's like i, I
1: joked to my dad it's like the the um that carpet in the 996 where you say it's like so thick underneath it's like upside down rolls royce carpet whereby you've just got that like nice hard bit at the bottom of rolls royce then just like premium thickness of just pure pile Whereas in the 996 it's the other way around it's used as sound dead it's just <laughs> it just it stores liters yeah. and liters yeah. and liters of water if you let it so yeah not really, yeah. yeah not fun nice no, cool bit. but that, but that is kind of a fairly common thing with those and i just think yeah it's you know keep the keep things unblocked and it saves yourself a lot of problems really so hopefully if there's any nine nine six nine nine seven owners listening maybe at the end of this pod just do a bit of due diligence and go and check that
2: yeah it's pretty easy to find i think if you google it and then also just another like not on that question but obviously the front of the car is like a hoover and that pulls all the all the leaves and other stuff off the road and that usually if you don't clean that out breaks down gets in between the condensers and the rad and rots them out obviously causing your ac system to fail and your coolant system which could worst case scenario damage the engine if you've got no coolant that yeah. more likely you're just not going to get home so another yeah. thing whilst you're going around hoovering those drain holes is probably a good idea to put it in there cracking stellar advice i yes, think thank you very much the
1: questions
3: <gasps> yeah that's all the questions done Is
1: there any more? super duper again chris uh, thank you for that because yeah you've um just put yourself at the mercy of the uh, the great british public
2: and surrounding territories <laughs> <laughs> that's all right yeah no 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 i'm happy happy to talk to you guys it's, uh, and i hope i've uh, answered it all and cl- clearly and helpfully enough
1: no it's been it's been absolutely Perfect.
2: great I think it's worth saying as well so you've
1: very kindly um, going to give up some more of your time in, in the week in a couple of weeks time um, Thursday the 9th of December we've got a nine 99... knows
2: it off by art yeah. yes
1: exactly well, I hope so I'm tipping up at your front door so <laughs> you better be there as well but um, yeah Thursday the 9th of December we're doing a 996 technical seminar um, through nine works at right tune which will be really good um, we have actually got one place remaining on that because I Had a a dropout today. So, if anybody listening to that fancies coming along for a couple of hours, drop me a line um, on Instagram at Lee underscore Sibs or the Nine Works Radio page or hello
3: at nineworks.co.uk. Marvellous. Let's break off from that and just go across and speak to Kyle Fortune. Kyle Fortune, thank you for joining us
1: yet again on Nine Works Radio.
3: My pleasure. Good Good to see you back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're keeping well, I hope. You don't look too jet lagged (laughs) for someone that's just got back from California.
4: Uh, it's taken a couple of days, but yeah, getting, getting back to the sort of reality of uh, dark, miserable winter nights yeah. and uh, no Californian sun, and, uh, <laughs> and all you do that look sort a bit,
3: stuff. you do look a bit cold there, winter. Yeah, well, my, and...
4: well, I, I I work in my garden office, and uh, it's a Friday. I don't normally work a Friday, so the heat has been off, so it's, it's, a <laughs> bit, it's a little bit cooler in here than it normally would be.
1: You've um you've very kindly joined us to talk about GT4 RS, but before yeah. we do dive in on that, I'd like to know from you as a journalist, what was it like to be back at an, an auto show? Kind of dare okay. I say post-COVID era, but that must have been quite a quite an event.
4: I'm not sure we're quite post-COVID. There are no. COVID passes and things I had to show yeah. just to just to get in. Well, actually, that's a lie. I uh, I, I got there the day before because Porsche did the preview of the GT4 RS, the, the, the day before the actual show itself. So I arrived parked a car that like I was driving around LA and around the back of the show and I literally just walked in. I walked in the back of the show where all the tradesmen would put the carpets down and <laughs> pushing cars around and getting it all set up for the next day. Uh, and then I actually exited the front and uh, they then asked me to show my COVID passes and all that sort of nonsense. But um, I didn't go to the show itself. I literally just went to the Porsche event um, that evening, well, that afternoon. Uh, and as, actually, as I was walking back in, uh, as I said earlier on, I, I bumped into Mr. Preuniger, which was quite fortuitous because uh, he gave me a, a quick run round the car. Um, uh, so yeah, it's good good, good to be back on the ground and good to be out and about among sort of like-minded people and seeing the world start turning, albeit slightly restricted, but uh, nice to get out and about again, you know, because I think like everybody, it's, uh, you know, having been stuck at home for the best part of two years, not travelling. Yeah. And not meeting people, and I, I know what it's like. You, 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 you'll, you'll feel the same. It's, you know, seeing the cars and driving the cars is fantastic, but it's meeting the people and speaking to the people, you know, getting their stories and and uh, all that sort of thing that that fascinates me. So, so having not been able to do that properly for the last couple of years, it's, it's been a real bugger, really. But it's it's nice that it's starting to open up, and we can sort of get back out there again.
1: Yeah, yeah. How um as a concept how important do you think the
4: gt4rs
1: is to porsche
4: i oh, mean god uh, i don't think it's that important at all it'll make them money it's it's a, it's a great figurehead um, for the cayman um the world's the world's going electric but Porsche is a, a car company that's built its brand on being a sports car firm so i think in that regard it's it's, it's a very useful tool it shows that they've still got, you know, petrol screaming through their veins. They are mm-hmm. a company. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the only company, well, the most vociferous company when it comes to, you know, we're going to continue to make internal combustion engines. You know, everybody else is jumping on the, well, we're going to be fully electric. Uh, and I think a lot of them are thrown out the baby with the bathwater in that regard. I think Porsche has taken a far more pragmatic approach and sort of said, yes, we appreciate that there's an electric future out there, and um, but we are also a brand who love driving, enjoy driving, and I'm not saying you can't do that with electric vehicles, but to to to, to sort of say that you know, the internal combustion engine's dead in the water is, is I think very short-sighted, so I think Porsche's stance on that's quite good, and the fact that they're still creating enthusiast cars uh, underlines that they're very serious about that, you know, because they, they don't have to make these cars, they could, as, as we well know, they could just sell tons of Cayennes and Taycans and all sorts of stuff, but, and, yeah. and make plenty of money as a business, but I think, as you guys know, and you've spoken to plenty of Porsche engineers and Porsche people, and even the people that sell the cars, they're they're invested in the company, and so much as that, they, that you know, it's a company that uh, its core is engineering and, and and sports cars, and driving. And I think the GT4 RS is you know exemplifies that, you know, albeit slightly below the GT3. Yes,
1: yeah, so an interesting kind of scenario because when the um, when the first GT4 came along in 2016. I think uh, well, it, well it was a Carrera S engine and it was almost like purposefully detuned to kind of keep that um, buffer between like it and the 911 lineup. Um this is is very much kind of treading on the toes of of GT 911 surely, you know, a 500 yeah. horsepower uh, GT3 engine in the back of a Cayman, it's kind of what everybody has wanted for years and here it is, so
4: I think there's a bit of a last hurrah about it. Nobody, of course, is denying the fact that it, 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 718 at some point is going to go electric. You know that, that's 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 going to be an electric sports car offering. I think it's it, it's it's not been officially announced, but everybody, like I say, nobody's denying it. So yeah, there's lots of murmurings, that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very likely that that's the future that they'll take. 911 will be different, but you know that it came in and, and the boxer can be a volume electric sports car you know and that, that's great you know if they want to do that that's fine but there is a little bit of a, a sort of feeling that this is the sort of level let's celebrate what we've got here and let's yeah. let's use what we can to the absolute maximum and i think it's a cool thing i think it's a really cool thing i mean i've always been very unapologetic in my love of the of the mid-engine stuff they're great cars really good cars in fact i was i spent the week driving a 718 uh came in T around California when I was out there and yeah, it's it's an engine that it lacks charm but god it's effective you know and it's such a chassis car that you know when I took that up in the canyons so at no point did I ever think well I need another 200 horsepower I need more grip you know it, I had a huge amount of fun doesn't make much you know it doesn't make much in the way of good noise but it's a fantastic thing to drive so you know I think the GT4 RS I mean I love GT4 in fact I think of 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 the Cayman range and I think Lee's, Lee's probably driven most of them as well GTS is a real sweet spot for me Manual four meter it's just a lovely lovely thing but the idea of having that, that GT3 engine in that mid-engine platform albeit PDK only which is a bit of a shame but you know it's been explained mm-hmm. um I just think it's, I mean what what a, what a fantastic thing you know
1: yeah, yeah. How um, how excited does Mr. Proininger kind of seem about this? It's been great to see on his own uh, like Instagram page. There's been you know quite a lot of content coming directly from him on it, which is really nice to see. But... Yeah, he's
4: he's yeah he's really revved about it. Excuse the excuse of pun. Uh, he's. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh... You know, when I, I saw him uh, the night before the unveil uh, where there was a Porsche event at the hotel that everybody was staying at so we, we bumped into each other, had a beer caught up, it's been, oh God, last time I saw him would have been GT3 prototype, so about a year and a half ago so yeah, good to catch up with Andy he's he's always good company and he was, yeah, he's really excited about it, you know he's you know, it's it's been a long time it's sort of been a long time coming, this car and yeah. uh, he's uh, it was quite funny. It was quite quite vocal about the fact it's really short geared. Because for, for for a long time there's been a lot of criticism about things like the GTS and the GT4 being very long geared. So you've got to, You know, you can do pretty much everything to first and second. Uh, I think he was sort of saying, you know, this thing spins. You know, it spins up to nine thousand, and 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 second, you'll just get over sixty mile an hour, and that. So it's. Oh wow! This is a real firecracker. It's yeah. got a shorter final drive ratio on, on on the transmission, so it's it's a it's you'll be on that PD key box a lot more, which you know is part of the engagement factor. And he's just sort of saying that it's it's just hilarious fun to drive. Really, really good fun to drive. You know, maybe not quite as capable as a GT3 ultimately, but. You know, I mean, how, how capable do you need your car to be? It's more yeah. So, yeah. more straight than track bias for an RS model. So okay. it's, a, you know, there is more of a street bent on it. You know, you're sort of saying that I, I think, you know, it will be amazing around the track, but you said on, on the right road, just incredible. So yeah, he, yeah, like I say, I'm really excited about it. I think, you know, I think they're always happy to sort of see the reaction to their product when they eventually get the opportunity to show it off properly because, you know, they've they, they worked on these things for years. I mean, actually, when I when I was at Last Advice, I, I, I saw that car, albeit all disguised up, along with a lot of other cars in, in the car park, you know. So they've been knocking about in them for years, you know, literally years. Yeah. So to finally allow it to be out there and, and to see the reaction from people, and it, it must be great for them. They enjoy it. So
1: Yeah, I'd I'd be fascinated to know how the kind of project came around. You may remember, Kyle, um, a couple of years back, you and I were sitting around a table with Dr. Frank-Stefan Voliser, head of the 911 line. And he intimated that the GT3 Touring, the first one, was almost like a a Friday afternoon project, the way it was kind of put in front of the board. And, you know, there was no kind of great plan in place for it. Yeah. Um, You know. Was there a similar thing with the GT4 RS? Like, so did, was the idea of it? Did it come from above down, or did it come from? I
4: think, uh, from what I believe, uh, that the, there was a 981 knocking around with a GT3 engine in it. Because um, I, I mean, I, we've asked that question for a long time. You know, yeah. why why are you putting the motorsport engine in this car? And I think, from from what I've read recently, that that the problem with the previous GT3 engine was that. It, There's something about the oil tank location or something like that. It just, it meant that they had to do substantial changes to the body and white on the previous platform. Um, So when they developed this engine, um, it it was developed with an eye on putting it in the car. I think, you know, any car manufacturer, you know, worth its salt, will try and make sure that they can do a switcheroo if need be and and exploit every market opportunity and albeit that engine as we all know that i mean that gt3 engine is is a pure motorsport engine it's it's a very very expensive bit of kit you know um so it's not it's 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 you know it's it's a huge leap from what's in the gt4 you know the gt4 rs you know the gt4 engines are a fairly standard you know, Porsche engine, whereas the GT4 RS is, is, a, is a proper motorsport engine. And I think that comes back down to that sort of you know, that's what we discussed earlier. I think it is a bit of a last hurrah, you know, this is this is a bit of a celebration of 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 uh, of what, what combustion engines can do and, and and why not put it in that platform if if, if they came in and the 718 is a platform that is going to bow out and become electric, then why not just you know uncork it for the last one and celebrate it?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, it it kind of fits that mantra quite nicely when when you look at the the stats of the car. In any case, yeah. it, it's probably worth running through a few like headline figures just uh, for, for yeah. in case anybody's been living under a rock.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's, it's 500 horse, isn't it? So it's 80 up with the GT4. I mean, I'll quote I'll horsepower because when you start getting into PHP, it's just not it's not as nice. You know, it's, <laughs> it's 500 horsepower. Uh, what's it got? Uh, 450 newton meters of torque um and it is it's a pdk only because uh, they can't they can't run that amount of power and torque actually and, and revs through the standard gearbox and they can't put the gt3 gearbox on it because it just wouldn't fit into the platform yeah. so it's pdk only Um Breuniger did sort of say you know that like he would quite like to have made a manual one but it is physically impossible. And I actually genuinely believe them in this instance. Previously, when they've sort of said stuff like that, I've gone, that's bullshit. But, but, but this, <laughs> I genuinely think on this occasion, they've done so much engineering to get that engine into the car that, you know, um, that, that, that that they've just had to concede and sort of say, you know, it's PDK only. And frankly, you know, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, it it's about like the,
3: the the lower gearbox ratios, though. That yeah, yeah, fantastic. They've,
4: yeah. They've changed. Like I say, the final drive. So it's, so it's a short. It's a much quicker. It'll be a much bang, bang, bang up and down the box. Which, which you know, it's, it's going to be great for road driving. You know, if you are you know driving some canyons or some figure yeah. roads and whatnot. That's 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 just fantastic. And um, the exhaust, the, the, uh, they're basically yeah. I think Andres described it to me as uh, it's like having two three cylinder exhausts, so they don't join at all because they can't. Uh, So it sounds very different. It's a, he says, it's a very induction sounding car. Which, as you can imagine, because you've basically, literally got where the 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 windows would normally be behind you. You've got two intakes, and uh, you know we had a look at it. You you lift the back back tailgate, and you can just see this beautiful, especially the Visec Park car. You can see the beautiful carbon fibre intakes, and as you get a lot of intake noise over your shoulder. It's it's a it's a beautifully detailed car, and that's one of those ones. And we didn't spend a great deal of time pouring over the details. We sort of had a quick walk around it. You know, I, I think, I think when it, when the time comes to go and drive it, I have a nice, proper, proper look at it. But it's, it's just a riot of stuff. I mean, it's a, it's a very obviously motorsport car in terms of the aero. You know, it's got ducks in the bonnet and all that sort of stuff. It's got the, 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 the little ducks around the, the front that, uh, that, that clean up there around the front wheel. If you look at the, just little things, like if you look at um, behind the front wheel, it's got a, a recess just to clean up there. In fact, I, 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 nobody's going to thank me for saying this, but if you if if you remember the Mark 1 Honda Insight, it, it's always reminds, reminds me of that. Yeah. I because it's that. sort of recessed in. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's a, so it's a proper aero car, So uh, and, and it's producing downforce. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and you can, like, you know, the GT3, you can mess around with the balance if you want. You can change the angle of attack on the rear and also the front uh, as well. There's something in behind the front wheel really arch. It's got the same, you know, RS sort of style vents in the top of the of the, um, the front wings, so you know that that's that helps reduce pressure in there as well. So I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a riot to drive. I mean, we know it's going to be a great car to drive. Uh, it looks a, looks a business.
3: Yes, the, um, it does the intake um, system with mm-hmm. the, in the rear window side windows there. Really, first thing I thought was uh, Singer DLS. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's 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 the shortest route in isn't it it's the best best way to get it in there yeah. and, and that it looks the absolute business as well which is mm. which is never a, which is never a bad thing so yeah no, i wonder
3: how many aftermarket um versions I, of that we're going to see for, I would, for I lesser... su-
4: yeah i wouldn't be surprised if that happens Funny yeah. enough i want to uh, 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 i have a picture of that on instagram one of the comments is asking where'd i get a wing like that and for the work sport department but you, you might not you might not want to just put all that on the back of it without actually trying to sort of tie down the front as well it might be a little bit uh, <laughs> yeah. less than ideal So.
1: I think that feeds in nicely, Carl, with what what you were saying, and I I agree with the GT4 RS. It's almost going to be like the high watermark of the um the mid engine platform on on yeah. a traditional kind of level.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, things like that, you know, that induction setup, it's going to make that car kind of so visceral.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, in yeah. terms of that connection to the driver, and again, I think that's absolutely fantastic, particularly among that kind of. Um, backdrop of where motoring is seemingly going in the yeah. in the short term future so
4: yeah i think when I mean, you, you I, mean, I sort of say you know that, that andy said that it's not necessarily a, a track car is more it's more of a sort of road bias rs but i mean you, you look at the track times you know you, you look at the lap time which is the, the standard measure for these sort of things it's crazy quicker than the GT4, like, in, yeah. you know, what is it, yeah. 20, 20 plus
3: seconds faster. That's next level. Yeah, that, that is, that's night and
4: day stuff, you know, that is, you know, that's completely next level. So, so it's going to be quite an incredible thing to drive. Uh, I, I, yeah, can't, can't wait to do so. And, and I just sort of, I, I admire of course, for doing it. And you're, you're always going to get, and, it, and it, as soon as it came out, folks were saying, well, which would you have, GT3 or this and so on. It's kind of a moot argument because, like most people that really want one, will have both. <laughs> I mean, it is, uh, <laughs> and, and, and it really is like that. You know, it's there's a lot of guys that'll just have them all, you know, they'll park them in a the line, and they'll, they'll use them. Mm-hmm. And likewise, I think it's one of those cars that you can probably step up to. I mean, there'll be a lot of GT4 buyers that will step up to it and uh, and, and use it and enjoy it. And it's a cool thing that I mean. Uh, <laughs> I've always been a, a big 911 fan because they've got rear seats, but w- when it comes to GT3s, they don't. So you know, actually, the, the, the prospect of the GT4 RS I really like because I love that that mid-engine platform. I think it's a great car. Uh, so I'm really intrigued to see how it drives. So really, I think it's mm. going to be quite an enticing thing. Yeah,
1: I think so. Uh, have you any indication, Kyle, of when you'll be able to get in the car? Or?
4: Well, uh, not 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 confirmed, but it'll be soon yeah i mean i'd imagine it'll be in the next few months um I uh, certainly certainly, uh, and he was like, come, "Come over and drive it." And I was like, well, "I'd love to, but we we'll, we'll need to sort something out." <laughs> <laughs> uh, tra- travels, uh, travels, uh, not as easy as it should be, still, you know. So we'll, we'll see what comes of that. But yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll certainly be in the car at some point, relatively soon. Yeah. Um, whether that's whether I'm lucky enough to get it beforehand or not, I don't know yet. But we'll, 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 I'll be pushing to, obviously, because yeah, yeah, it's nice to get that sort of access. Yeah.
1: Excellent. It's um, it's a, a weird kind of concept, this, Kyle, because uh, you and I, you know, professionally, have worked together for a few years now, and all we've ever spoken about is Porsche nine eleven. So this <laughs> is it's all a bit bizarre, really. But yeah. at the same time, it's great to see. I mean, you're clearly infused by kind of what you've seen at the LA yeah,
0: Auto absolutely. Show. So yeah, very much so. I mean, it, it, like I, you
4: know, I don't, I don't want to understand. You know, I saw mission. Mission R was there. I think some of the guys are out trying for Mission R at Willow Springs and it sounds quite like an, quite an enticing thing. And actually, if you sort of squint a little bit, you can almost see a bit of cabins inside it? and that's certainly got a mid-engine look rather than a, a rear-engine look to it. It wasn't uh, you
3: that drove it and crushed it then?
4: No, it wasn't. I don't know who's crashed it. Although that yeah, was the secret. talk. So I, 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 I went to uh, Malibu on Sunday, and there was a lot of people talking about you who know, potentially crashed it. Yeah, a lot of people were pointing the finger at Mr. Lieberman, and, uh, and and but that that was, they were joking. Obviously, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, it was. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was very much the talk, so I, I will find out at some point, but whether or not, I'll, I'll ever indulge that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Top ever,
1: secret. ever the investigative journalist.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I shouldn't imagine it would be too, too, too difficult to find out who did it at the same time. I don't know if they'll be wanting get broadcast, really.
2: Yeah.
1: Excellent. Okay, Kyle. Well, let, thank you for joining us today to my to question. shed a little bit of light on, on, on that firecracker of a mid-engined RS. And uh, maybe you wouldn't mind coming back on as and when you get in the car and kind of give your first first yeah, take yeah, on it. That'd be lovely. I'd
4: be happy to. Delighted to always chat to you guys. It's good fun.
3: Fantastic. Definitely. Thank you, Kyle.
4: Thanks, nice my gents.
3: Great to see you. Thank you. Likewise. Right then, need to finish off. A uh, couple of admin bits. Yes. What have you got? You got anything? unfortunately not no, i got patreons. A, yeah got a couple of new patreons which i'm very pleased to say thank you very much guys uh james pierce who is in the uk in the uk um he was our uh group c competition winner oh fantastic a little while ago uh, so thank you very much for paying that back um james is in the uk as i said but i don't know what car you've got uh, give us a shout Um, he has sponsored us coffee and we also have Brian Cornane, um, who is over in the US. Uh, he's got a few nice cars, um, including a 911 R. And he is, again, sponsors of coffee. So thank you very much. Thank you very much, It's Very kind. Yeah. Really appreciate the moral support, as ever.
1: 100%. And on the subject of community, there's something that we'd like to do with uh, a former guest and a
3: 356 and the Arctic. Absolutely, well remembered. Uh, Renee was on with us a little while ago. Yeah, um, that was she was going to be hitting the Antarctic all that time ago. Yeah, uh, just after we spoke to her, but obviously that was all put on hold because of COVID, etc. Uh, but she's about to embark on that um, crazy adventure to do 356 miles on Antarctic um across the ice across the ice and across, other hazards yeah all sorts of craziness going on with crev- crevasses and things um she has got a, a currently they're doing a little um charity sort of what would you call push initiative charity push yeah and an initiative very well said um where she would like to put names on the underside of the bonnet and um, there is a charge of, for this uh, which is a minimum of 356 dollars um we would like as a community nine works radio um named to be on that underside of that bonnet um so myself and lee uh Breaking out some cash, thirty-five dollars and sixty p, sixty p, sixty cents, sixty cent. Yeah, yeah okay, So yeah, we are both in for that. Um, some of our patrons are in as well. Uh, Anthony Sandak is in. James Chew is in. Uh, Toby Dyer is in. Full Paul Van Der Loewen. Uh, Deb Whiting, and Michael Heritage. Um, and I believe you said you might be in as well. <laughs> no, that is completely
2: college. Yeah, I mean, no. no, yeah. He's in. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I'd be up for it, but I thought I didn't want to like, jump in. But yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's in. Know. Why not? Okay, so if there's anybody party else on. that
3: would like to come in with the party, um, we've obviously got a few spaces left there for, for people to join up and um, put a bit of cash in for for Rene's cause, which is an amazing cause,
1: it is. It's definitely worth checking uh, that episode out previously to just learn yes. a little bit more about what Rene's up to, which is genuinely awesome, um, as well as the causes. And because you guys at home have dived into your pockets uh, in the name of community andy and i will pay that forward and send you some goodies of some description but not too sure as yet just yeah. to say thanks i think that's a nice thing to do
3: yeah absolutely um,
1: it's also worth pointing out as well our patrons can expect a little christmas gift in the post from us yes as soon as we've chored it from the shop <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what that means Ines. What's, <laughs> what's,
1: what's the christmas gift uh we don't know yet we're we're, we're,
2: we're working sure. on it we're working on it yeah we're working on it. Making it up as you go along. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah.
1: We're seeing what we can half inch. But,
2: um, no, we, Pound we, land, here yeah. you go.
1: We did, uh, Andy put together a pretty spectacular calendar last year. Uh, with, uh, Craig, with Craig Justice? justice sketch, yeah. yeah. Which, um, our patrons got and hopefully have put to good use for 12 whole months
3: yeah i've heard that people are still enjoying them now so that's great definitely mine's still on my desk Absolutely. I know about
1: yours. likewise yeah. likewise so um yeah like I say it's just a little gift from us to you patrons at home to say thank you very much for your support um, and if you would like to get involved with a uh, said gift whatever that may be uh, you can join our patreon via our nine works radio instagram page i assume there'll be a link on there well plugged yeah there we go Excellent, fantastic. Okay, so from Andy's uh, warm garage here on the south coast,
3: carpeted no less,
1: carpeted as well, uh, <laughs> with a semi oily nine hundred and three. Or was it okay? Did it get a...
3: It's minor. Minor. It's minor. minor. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Okay. Maybe None of you yeah. have a minor oil leak. Trent's are not going to get a call
2: tomorrow. Yeah. Then. Well, it was yeah. all right. I got a kiss off the dog. <laughs> I was underneath the car. <laughs> <So, laughs> so I'm not sure whether I was looking at the dog or the car. <laughs> How <laughs> can you should... be sure it's the dog, mate? Well, yeah. He's okay, really.
1: <laughs> so, uh, from Nine Works Radio via Andy, Cosmic the dog, myself, and Chris from Right Tune, thank you
2: very much for having me guys thank you for coming along, much appreciated it's
1: absolutely our pleasure, we wish you the best of luck Um, and yeah we will undoubtedly have you back on this podcast again before long perfect this episode was brought to you by our very kind Patreons if you enjoy the podcast and would like to join them in supporting us, you can do so at www.patreon.com
3: backslash nineworksradio